Today, we are concluding our series of things Jesus never said. So why do we look at what he didn't say? Well, to, to understand the power of what Jesus didn't say, sometimes it, or what he did say. Sometimes it's worth us looking at what he didn't say, what he could have said, or maybe like what we would say in his situation. So to start off, I want to tell you a few things that Jesus didn't say about Easter. He did not say, blessed are those who wear fly Easter outfits, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And you you look pretty fly. Not as fly as me, of course. And by fly, I mean desperately trying not to be a middle-aged, balding old guy. So there you go. He did not say, as often as you gather together, Eat chocolate bunnies, peeps, and Cadbury eggs in remembrance of me. No, he did not say that about Easter. And he definitely, definitely did not say, come, follow me, and no one will fight in the car on the way to Easter service. (laughs) Now, if you you had a little unredeemed moment in, in the car today, that's okay. Christ died for your sins, and if you just dumped your kid off on the middle of the street, that's wrong. Go back and... Okay, so, well, we are going to look at what Jesus didn't say about sin and guilt this morning. See, I think we all at times struggle with feeling guilty because there are so many types of guilt around us, okay? There's mom guilt. Maybe if, if you're a working mom, you feel guilty for not being at home as much. If you're at home, you feel guilty for not working or using your education or making the money that other moms do. There's all, and if you, have, if you have that Pinterest perfect mom friend, you hate them and you just want to unfollow them. See, there's also man guilt, okay? Did you know there's man guilt? Okay, what if you're not good at fixing things and you don't really follow sports and you don't hunt, you don't fish or you don't build your own log cabin? I mean, come on, are you really a man? So there's all kinds of man guilt. There's spiritual guilt, you don't pray enough. You don't read your Bible enough. You lost your version Bible reading streak, and now, God help me, I'm down to one again. You, you're selfish. You're angry. You're jealous. And you come to church, and you try to be a better person, and then all you feel is spiritual guilt. And like on the report card of being a Christian, you just feel like a D student sometimes. So what do you do with that type of guilt? What do you do when you find yourself feeling guilty before God? Well, today I want to talk about what Jesus didn't say about sin and guilt. See, we're going to be in Luke's gospel today, in chapter 23. And this describes the last few hours before Jesus' death. And so amid this scene, this whole, this whole scene, let me give you a little bit of context. And so now it, it would really surprise you to see Jesus now. There we go. Thank you. Okay. There, you're, you're already here. You don't need directions. That's okay. So there we go. So it really surprised you. It really surprised you to see Jesus now. Because instead of wearing a gold crown, he was wearing a crown of thorns. Instead of being surrounded by servants, he was surrounded by soldiers. 
And instead of sitting on a throne, we see Jesus hanging on a cross. And amid all of this, Luke writes these words. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to a place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, one on his left. So let's talk for a moment about crucifixion. See, this will give you some context of what Jesus went through and what he did for you. See, crucifixion was the most horrific form of public execution. And other, other nations and peoples crucified, but the Romans perfected it. See, this was a painful and brutal way to die. So first they would whip you repeatedly across your back, usually tearing off the flesh. And, and, and what that, that whipping, that beating, it really varied depending on who the head soldier in charge was. Jesus was whipped 39 times. Why 39? Because they said that 40 would kill a person. And they, they stopped one shot short. Because the purpose wasn't to kill someone, but get them close. And after that, you had to march to your place of execution, sometimes carrying part of the cross with you. When we see evidence of that, it was, it was typically about a 100-pound cross beam that they would have tied onto their arms and shoulders. And they would have to walk through the city streets carrying that. And executions were always done outside the city limits. And then you were tied or sometimes nailed to a cross. Sometimes it's a cross like we picture it, like you see it in the picture. Sometimes it looked more like a T. Sometimes it was simply just a stake that you were tied onto. And you were left to die. And it typically took three to four days. Because the, the truth is this was part of the, the horrificness of this was the public shaming. This was a very public execution. And the Romans didn't want you to die right away. They wanted you to suffer and hang there as a warning to everybody else who might consider doing something horrible. And so most people, and that's actually why being nailed was very unusual. Also, the cost of metal, of iron, was very high. So most people were simply tied and left there to die, die by starvation, dehydration, asphyxiation, blood loss, sometimes even animals. And so Jesus' execution was very unusual for any number of reasons, not the least of which is they nailed him to the cross. Because Pontius Pilate wanted him up and down, for he feared there was a riot. And he knew if there was a riot in his province, his superiors would come down on him. So Jesus was nailed. He was beaten to an inch of his life. He was nailed on. He was stabbed in the side, all with the intent of ending his life quickly to be able to take him down. 
See, in this form of punishment, this, this was a capital punishment, just like the death penalty is here in America. And it was reserved for the worst criminals. So these guys on Jesus' right and left, they weren't pickpockets. They weren't just simple robbers. Whatever they did was horrible. And this crucifixion was typically reserved for murderers, insurrectionists, or anyone who would commit a federal crime. Again, much like it is today as well. And so we don't know what they did, but what they did must have been a grave crime for them to deserve execution. Now, in the middle of all of this, in the middle of all of this violence, abuse, humiliation, Jesus raises his head to heaven and he prays. Now, he did not pray, God, send down a thousand angels and just wipe them out. I'm done here. No. He also did not say, God, send a plague of locusts, boils, lice, gout, whatever you want. Plague them all. No, he didn't say that. Instead, what he did pray was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Scripture goes on to say that one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Yourself and us. What kind of savior are you? Save yourself. Save us while you're at it. This arrogant, prideful, very guilty man who saw no need for grace, mercy, or a savior hurled insults at Jesus. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence. We, and then he said something really interesting. Listen to this. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. Think about that. Criminal hanging on the cross saying, we are punished justly. This is justice for us. But we're getting what our, our crimes deserve. Now, we're going to have a little audience participation here, okay? I'm going to say something. I'm going to say part of a phrase, and you're going to complete it and say it out loud. And now, at home, you, you can play the at-home version of this game. Just shout it out in the middle of your living room. Go ahead. No one will think you're weird at all. Okay? Here we go. So I'm going to say a phrase. You're going to complete it for me. Ready? What goes around? Yeah, what goes around comes around. Your past will come back to? haunt you. Your past will come back to haunt you. You made your bed, now you gotta lie in it or sleep in it. Yeah. Karma's a... No, no, don't say that one. <laughs> we are in church after all. <laughs> See, these are all different ways of saying you get what you deserve. 
We all understand this. We all understand. And if you're like me, there's a deep, dark part of me that loves to see someone get what they deserve. Now, if I'm driving along a law-abiding citizen, driving the speed limit-ish, and I see some guy in a souped-up Civic zoom past me, weave around like they're, they're in a, a sports car, just zoom, 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 zoom. And then a few miles later, that same guy is pulled over by a cop. I pass him and I go, sucker, you karma's a, no, <laughs> that's what you get. Because there's a part of us that loves it. See, there's a part of us that loves to see somebody get what they deserve. You can't just stop at Infinity War because Thanos wins. You got to have end game. It's why we like virtually every single martial arts kung fu movie ever made. We want to see, we want someone to get what they deserve. We like it when someone gets what they deserve. I like it when someone gets what they deserve, except when it's me. I don't want to get what I deserve. And my guess is you're the same. We love it when someone else gets what they deserve. But we don't like it if we get what we deserve. So let's take a look at the, the second criminal again. He said, we are punished justly. This is justice. For we're getting what our deeds deserve. And then he looks at Jesus and says, but this man, Jesus has done nothing wrong. And then you watch this criminal who's aware of his own sin. He understands just punishment. And he turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus takes a deep breath and turns to him and says, Nah, sorry. Sorry, bud. You're, you're going to hell. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. He could have turned and said, man, sorry, after the way you've lived, after what you've done, this is justice. But he didn't. Instead, he turned to that man and said, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. And in case you've forgotten, let me remind you who he said that to. He said that to a criminal who couldn't do a single thing to earn a right standing with God. He said that to a person who couldn't serve others because his hands were nailed to a cross. He couldn't turn over a new leaf because his feet were bound. He couldn't read scripture. He couldn't get baptized. He couldn't join a church. 
He couldn't give an offering. He couldn't even lift his hands to worship God. This criminal could not do a single thing to earn right standing with God. And Jesus looked at this guilty, sinful, but repentant man. And he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. But wait, wait, wait a minute. That's not fair. He didn't deserve that. You're right. He didn't. But that's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news. He didn't deserve that. You don't deserve that. I definitely don't deserve that. And that is the very definition of grace. Ephesians 2 describes it possibly better than any point in Scripture. Here's what Ephesians 2 says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Like the rest, you were by nature deserving of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Jesus Christ did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Christianity is not about being good because we could do that without Jesus. The Christian faith is about taking a dead soul, a dark heart, and making it alive again. That is what we celebrate on Easter. We don't celebrate our ability to be better people. We celebrate our ability to come back alive. Our God is that good. He loves us that much. He is that rich in mercy. And thank God we don't get what we deserve. You know that, that darkness inside your heart? I certainly know what's in mine, that we know. See, we know what we really deserved. But God doesn't give us what we deserve. God's mercy is not giving us what we deserve. And God's grace is giving us what we don't deserve. And Easter celebrates God's mercy, that he didn't give us what we actually do deserve. And it celebrates God's grace, that he gives us what we don't deserve.
and we don't deserve Easter. But God gives it anyway. We don't deserve Easter. See, we deserve crucifixion. God gives resurrection. We deserve utter darkness, but God gives us abundant light. We deserve death, but God gives us life. We don't deserve Easter, but God. Because of his great love for us, because he is rich in mercy, because of his abundant grace, he offers to make us alive with Christ and alive in Christ. That is the true gift of Easter. And that is the gift we don't deserve. And just like that criminal... There is nothing you or I could do to earn Jesus' forgiveness. There's nothing you or I could do to earn Easter. There's nothing you can do to resurrect yourself. And all you need to say is, I am guilty. I need your forgiveness. I need your healing. I want that peace. I want that joy. I am dead and I want the life that you can give, God. I want to feel alive again. All you need to say is, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. Remember me in your kingdom. And if that's you this morning, then I want you to say, say it to yourself, say it out loud, but I want you to say, resurrect me, Lord. I don't deserve it, but you give it anyway. Resurrect me, Lord. And whether you've been a Christian your whole life, you've been a Christian on fire years ago, but it's a long time since you felt God's presence in your life. Or maybe all of this is new to you. And you know the darkness and the deadness inside you. And we want to introduce you to Savior Jesus Christ who can bring life and bring light. And all you have to say is, resurrect me, Lord. Resurrect me. We don't deserve Easter, but thank God he gives it to us, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Christ did. Join me in prayer. Thank you, Lord. You offered a way out of death. You offered a way out of darkness. We, we take a moment, we acknowledge there is nothing we can do to earn a right standing before you. 
We deserve judgment. We deserve suffering. But thank you of your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace that you offer us eternal life. A life with you for eternity, Lord, and a life with you here on earth. Lord, Lord, I pray. I pray for every soul here and everyone uh, watching us online. Meet them in a way today that brings life to them. God, soften our hard hearts. Exchange our stone hearts to flesh. And give us the joy of resurrection, the joy of new life, the joy that comes from knowing you. Let us know you, experience you, believe you, and be transformed by you. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our resurrected Lord and Savior. Amen.